0: Hello, friends of the Rockney Cast, and hearty listeners, all all 10 of you who have been routinely checking in. I thought it'd be good to sort of shift gears and switch from topics about various people that I'm interested in and share my personal experience as to how I got to the 300 Club and how I got out of it. And by 300 Club, I, I talked about a club that I didn't necessarily want to be a part of, but I arrived at which is the group of people that are over 300 pounds. I'm not making any general statement about 300 pounds. Um, For some people, it can be a very healthy weight. Um, A lot of NFL linemen have very low body fats, and they are 300 pounds. Some people love having a little girth. It makes them feel good. But my uh, membership in the 300 Club was, uh, well, it wasn't totally involuntary, but I wasn't loving being there. So I thought I would sort of explain the mistakes that I made along the way to get there and offer you some reflections on how I got out of it. Because what I've sort of found is that it's been surprisingly simple. I know a lot of people really struggle with their weight and they think there's really no way out of it. And they go to you know Jenny Craig and they go to Weight Watchers and they, they get the latest app. And those may well work for some people if you've tried everything else. But what I'm going to try to offer you today are sort of hit yourself over the head, obvious duh mistakes. And you may say, well, why the hell? What, what are you going to teach me? Um, these are obvious mistakes. And, and most of the things that I tell you, you're probably already going to know and just as I already knew a lot of these things, some of it I didn't know. Um, but I think it'd be very helpful to you if, if you know someone that's overweight and like to lose weight, um, to just sort of think about um, what are some of the obvious ways you can get out. Now, as I've said in my previous podcast on fasting, I'm not a doctor. Um, so I'm just going to offer my solutions, uh, um, feedback, um, different reflections to start you on your own journey. Um, but For me in less than a year, I went from 300 pounds to 245 pounds. And so for the first time in quite a long time, I feel fit and I feel slim and I feel good. Um, And I didn't feel horrible before. I I didn't think I was in horrible shape, but I had a dad bod and my energy wasn't where I wanted it to be and my uh, metabolic indicators were not good. I was on my path to type two diabetes. I was on my path to um, hypertension was on medication. Um, I was not on a good path, and it was going in the wrong directions. So let's start with just some very obvious mistakes that I made to get there, because like any other bad habit, it did not happen overnight. It happened over a series of years as I gradually got larger, as my dad bod got more significant, and um until I finally reached a point last May, which is only a year ago, where the doctor's like, you need to get checked out for type 2 diabetes. You need to do something about this. And so by happenstance, I came across an app called Fasting. And We've talked about this before in, in one of my um, Facebook videos. Um, and so that led me on my path out. But in terms of my mistakes to get there, I wanted to offer a few of those mistakes that I made, because if you're still making some of these mistakes, um, you know, I think you're going to be on the same path that I was. I don't think you're going to be able to get out of them. So mistake one was an obvious mistake, which is daily consumption of alcohol. I had, I had not drunk for a long time every day. I would say about six or seven years ago, which is I think when I, when I really arrived at that plateau of 300, 305 pounds, I'd go back and forth, 295, 305. I had a daily alcohol habit. I was a drinker and I never thought I had a problem. I didn't think it was significant. I never had an OWI, never had any big, only got into one fight um, when I was intoxicated. That was a long time ago. Um, not a proud moment of mine. Um, but for the most part, I did not have what I perceived to be a significant problem with alcohol. I went to work, got up, did things just like anyone else did. But what is the major, I mean, there's just so many things wrong with alcohol. Like, I don't even know where to begin now. Don't worry. I'm not going to start the, the Volstead act movement. I you know, Adam Sullivan, I'm not going to ban alcohol. Like I, I still love to drink occasionally, but a daily habit, like so many things A daily habit is just like food, chronic overuse, chronic stress, chronic alcohol nearly guarantees you that you're going to have a a dad bod or in the case of a woman, a mom bod or or whatever, you're going to be fat if you drink too much, period. I don't think you can lose weight without stopping drinking alcohol every night. I I think it's impossible Um, unless you're like some sort of superhuman athlete that you can just, you know, work out three to four hours a day. And there's several reasons, there's several obvious reasons why. Um, The first is, is that alcohol is an appetite stimulant. So when you drink, you want to eat. And if you're drinking while you're watching Netflix, you're eating late at night. So you essentially have empty calories. A lot of alcohol has sugar, like wine has sugar in it. Beer has um, carbs in it um, with the, you know, with the wheat, barley and all that stuff is carbs. And so essentially right at the time when your body is supposed to be preparing itself for fasting, which is your sleep cycle, you are adding calories and you're spiking your insulin just at the wrong time. And what does insulin do? According to Dr. Jason Fung, which by the way, is a great book for those of you who want to lose weight, the obesity code by Dr. Jason Fung. It spikes your insulin. Insulin is a fat storage hormone. So Right at the time when your body is supposed to be going into its fasted state, which is during sleep, when you should be digesting food and you should be burning fat, you are spiking your insulin and you're preventing your body from burning any fat while you sleep. Sleep is surprisingly important for purposes of fat burning. Um, Pretty much every night I go to bed, I lose three to four pounds. I know that sounds crazy, but I do. Some of it's probably water a little bit of it is fat, but once you get into a really good fasted sleep state, you uh, get up, you know, you burn while you sleep. That's great. Uh, The other thing is with alcohol is it's empty calories. Alcohol does not serve any purpose. It gets you buzzed, but you don't survive on alcohol. Now, some, they say that some monks like, you know, in Germany, they would sort of it would sort of, you know, you could have really rich beers. Maybe you could get some nutrients from that. But I mean, come on, you're not getting any real nutrients from alcohol. So it's totally empty calories. Sugar, it just is a bad habit. But there's not a more pernicious effect as it relates to your weight, which is it does affect your deep REM sleep. You do not get deep rum sleep. Well, why is that so important? That affects your energy levels the next day. That affects your stress levels that affects your ability to get up early. It affects your, your ordinary circadian rhythms. So one of the nice things that I found in terms of a great time to exercise is when I'm in a fasted state is in the morning. Um, and so now I get up and I'm, I'm, no tire, I'm not tired at all. Um, I'm totally clear, your, your body has a natural adrenaline spike just before you wake up, when you wake up with the sun. And so now I get up, I used to get up you know six thirty seven I have push the alarm, and you know it just wasn't as good now i work up wake up four forty five five clear as a bell, ready to journal, ready to watch the ESPN, ready to work on the rocking cast, although lately I've been doing it in the evening, and able to find an hour out of my day to exercise to get a walk in so that's another virtuous thing of of not drinking alcohol is that your energy level is way higher so and not to mention all the other issues with alcohol that I think are so significant in terms of, and it also affects your liver. I think we all know that. And I don't know really all the details in terms of how liver basically is very important for purposes of um, your, your metabolism. Just Google it to get into the details on that. But that's another pernicious effect of alcohol as it directly applies to weight. And there's a lot of other things too with alcohol. I mean, not only is it empty calories, it's empty money. I mean, If you drink every night, you know, my max probably seven years ago was a bottle of of wine a night. And, uh, you know, that that's expensive. I mean, so basically if you're talking 10, 20, 30 bucks a night, that adds up, just, just multiply that by 30. And then, you know, 30 days a month times 12, that's a retirement right there. Um, so alcohol is a huge one. So if you're fat, like I was, I'm still a little overweight, stop drinking and you can do it. It's not that hard, it up, you can do it. So that was a mistake really number one that I made on my path to 300. <clears throat> the second huge mistake that I made was excessive reliance on carbs. Now I could care less to get into this big high carb, low fat, low fat, high carb. I really don't care about getting that, I don't really care. I still eat carbs. I'm not dogmatic keto, which is essentially some of you recall from the late 90s, um, this, this debate about Atkins, you know, where you just basically eating steaks all the time with, with nothing else. And keto is much more nuanced than that. Um, there's a thing called clean keto. For, for those of you who are interested, people like Mark Sisson, um, Mark, Mark Hyman, I, I have some very sensible recommendations with all different types of different foods that you can eat with keto. Um, but, but basically this, this issue related to especially hyper-processed carbohydrates, bread in particular, um, bread and things like bread, starchy foods, um, that are, especially the ones that are processed, your body does not know how to metabolize those. So it does spike your insulin. So you have energy crashes, which means that you are, um, you know, Constantly feeling tired in the afternoon, like now I don't get an afternoon lull anymore. It does spike your insulin, which again is a fat storage hormone. So, and the other part of it with um, carbs that I really noticed, I talked to with a friend of mine and she said that basically it's almost impossible to do intermittent fasting if you're not doing keto, you're not doing half high fat, low carb. The issue with carbs, it is true that your body does love carbs. It's a quick fuel source. You know, the, the example that Dr. Fung uses is he compares it to your deep freezer versus your refrigerator. If you have to choose between the two, you always pick stuff out of the fridge. You only go to your deep freezer if the fridge is empty or it's bare. Well, that's sort of the way your um, energy works. Your fat is your deep storage, your glucose, and you know your body likes the glucose for quick energy throughout the day, and it adapts to it. So because it readily likes these carbs, if it thinks it's gonna get carbs, it will it will be hungry and it will constantly feel like you're craving carbs until you get the next fix. It's almost like a drug. Um, and so you're really fighting hunger throughout the day. And it really is um, because you have that crash in order to get back up to the normal, you feel like you have to eat again. Well, that gets into this constant feeling like you're hungry. Um, if you're gonna do fasting, which, which I've done, very hard to do if you're going to do a heavy carb, um, heavy carb load because you are gonna have your appetite spiked. So that was a huge mistake. And of course, that's connected to beer. I still love beer. I'll still drink beer. But if you're drinking daily beer habit, again, you're gonna get fat and your body is just gonna store it like crazy. Um, so avoid excessive carbs. And the other really obvious mistake that I made, and this this seems again like duh surprisingly simple. Um, But you got to weigh yourself every day. I probably weigh myself eh, probably six to seven times a day. And it's just built in accountability. It For me, it's just like taking your temperature. It's just basic math and you see your progress. And it's just like saving money. You see the positive direction and you do get momentum. And conversely, if you go on a little bit about, you know, I've had, you know, one of the nice things about fasting is that it does encourage you to occasionally eat more, right? So like with Thanksgiving and Christmas, I had regular meals. Um, but you do look at that. Now, some of these quick, you know, when you do have one of these cheat days, um, you do see a quite a, a big increase in weight. Some of that's water, uh, but some of that is where you are putting on weight again. And So if you're weighing yourself regularly, you just, it's just built in accountability. So just get an electric scale. I've connected mine to my phone via Bluetooth, and I weigh myself every day. And then the fourth and final mistake, and it really gets how I got out of 300, was I, I didn't know anything about fasting. Um, I was eating throughout the day, and that's connected to my first mistake, which was the alcohol use. I, I had this insanely dumb habit. You know, how I, it makes me feel like my dad or something. Not that my dad's dumb, but you know, we're also we all sort of we all we all make dumb mistakes. But I had this thing where for whatever reason, I used to think it was really healthy to have a big ass bowl of cereal and milk and blueberries, with a, little bit of, a little bit of syrup right before bed. And that was like the biggest, dumbest, I, I can't believe how dumb I was. I was thinking in my own mind, I was like, it's soy milk, which of course has sugar, It is, um, you know, like raisin bran. It's, you know, it's good for your digestion. It sort of makes you feel good. It sort of moves through you. It is not good for you. Although berries are okay, but even berries, you don't want the berries right before you go to bed. What really? Let's let's use my knowledge since that point. And I'm no expert, but I know a lot more than I used to. Berries, sugar, not as bad because they're not hyper processed, but still sugar. Raisin bran, sugar high fructose corn syrup, your body has no idea what to do with high fructose corn syrup. It just basically stores it straight to fat, right? So, and then if you're essentially having soy milk, that has has a lot of sugar too, which also gets to my other second mistake, which was this issue and this over-dependence on carbs. If you don't want to get into this whole debate about whether bread's good or bad. I mean, just, you know, if you love bread, I still eat pizza occasionally. I, I think that um, gluten free pizza sort of tastes like crap. So I'm never going to go with gluten because I don't like eating cardboard. Okay. So I'll just, I'll take my sugar spikes and my, my risk associated with that occasionally. Um, but that is very significant in terms of, um, you know, especially as relationships to sugar. Cut out sugar. Don't have sugar in the form of juice. Don't have sugar in the form of pop. Just cut out sugar. Cut it out. Your body does not know what to do with sugar. It is like a drug. Stop sugar. Ain't no one, ain't no one gonna tell you that you need sugar to live. You do not need sugar to live. You, there's a debate about how much carbs you need and, and whether your body can actually produce um, glucose through gluconeogenesis. Um, if you do do become fat adapted, which I think I have, um, you know, because of the fasting and some keto, I'm sort of keto concepts, but sugar is just no good. And so I basically almost completely cut out sugar. I do eat some sugar in the form of like dark chocolate. Um, honey is really good. And, and I do eat sugar in the form of, you know, naturally occurring fruits, although I don't like to, to OD on them, but like apples, things like that, where sugar comes in, um, starchy forms. It's a lot, it's a lot less worse. And uh, and I do try to keep my carbs to the evening, but again, I'm not dogmatic about that. So, all of those things were just sort of obvious mistakes that I made. That I don't know, are you making these mistakes? I mean, I'm not the only one that was overweight. Um, a lot of people are making these mistakes. And I and I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I think maybe finally the, the the biggest mistake that I made was just the lack of recognition. Um, I have a big frame. I did not have a huge gut. I, frankly, if I worked out, I could probably be 300. I could be an offensive lineman. Like I just, just this big frame. So I could carry a lot of weight and I had a dad bod and I, you know, I, I, I don't think I looked horrible but I had the dad bod, you know, I was, I was, I was fat. I mean, I had, I had like a 44 inch waist and, and I, you know it was not good. And it was just basically the lack of recognition. I would just go in, get weighed at the doctor, and then basically just close my eyes and hope that it would go down the next time. And it never did. So how did I get out? Well, this comes to my, my story of fasting. And you know, fasting is just sort of like, I'm telling you people, it's like the best thing ever. It is so simple. Anyone can do it. It's free. It's built-in discipline. It works with your body. You are adapted for fasting. Trust me, you can do it. It's not that hard. And after you get past the first few days, it becomes astonishingly simple. I would not have been able to do it without fasting. It is the only way that I got out. Um, now, a lot of people shy away from fasting because they basically think that it's starvation. Like somehow you're gonna you know, Like you're gonna die. You're not gonna die. You know, we're not talking about a seven-day or 14-day fast. Definitely do not do that unless you're under medical supervision or else you have some serious disease. But it is super simple and it's basically just restoring your body to its its natural rhythm. And it's not even that hard. It really isn't. You just got to do the first couple days. Your body adapts, you throw in a little keto really good natural meats. And you're, 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 you're one step there. And you're going to, you're going to lose weight like crazy. And you're going to get super, super healthy. Um, I, I don't work for Ron Popeil. I, there's no fasting organization that sponsors this podcast. Although I, I wish someone would, I'm not selling any product, I'm not selling any food or anything like that. I'm just telling you not to eat. The only um, app that I will plug that was very important for me is the Fastic app. Um, I found the app to be very helpful because it basically just is a little bit reminder in terms of the internal discipline, in terms of how long you're, not, you're gonna um, not eat. So for me though, um, I started with the 16-8 fast, which is very simple. I don't eat for 16 hours and then I eat for eight hours. And I don't, I can eat as much as I want during the eight hours. That's it. That's it. And sometimes I go longer. Sometimes I go shorter. But that's pretty much my routine is 16 hours, no eating, eight hours eating. You're like, oh my God, I can't do it. I'm like, yes, you can do it. It's super simple. Your first day, all you have to do is just have a big ass meal at dinner at six o'clock. And assuming you're you're still in a situation where you can't um, you know you get up probably you're not getting up at six because you're eating too much so you're sleeping you're sleeping until seven and you've already made it to already made it to thirteen hours and all you need is then three additional hours and you can drink coffee while fasting you can cheat although I don't really consider it true fasting by putting a big slab of butter you know in your in your coffee to like take off the hunger but don't do that. I mean, that's the bulletproof thing. Um, I like it. I mean, that's okay. I've never really needed to do that. Uh, Basically, you just make it until 10 o'clock, then you're good to go. You've done your first 16-hour fast. And it's only painful like the first, I'd say first day or two. Even then, it's really not that hard. It's probably the hardest if you're going to eat later, like at eight, and then you have to make it till noon the next day. But once you do that, Your body does your body needs time to rest, and when you're not getting food, your body isn't producing the insulin. And when your body's not producing the insulin, where does it go? It goes to your fat, and your fat, what is it? Your fat is energy, and your body won't tap that unless it thinks it needs to. Well, if it's not getting insulin, and it's no signal that it's going to get carbs, and if you take it out of that routine, you're going to. Tap your fat stores. You get fat adapted. It's that simple. I know it seems too good to be true, and you think, well, why did I learn this before? Uh, I'm gonna do a separate podcast on that. There's all sorts of reasons why ignorance remains so prevalent for so long. Um, keep in mind, people, that you know, Charles Darwin only came up with evolution like. You know, 170 years ago, I, I mean, we're still pretty, we're all cavemen, pretty much, and women. We're, we're not that smart. We really aren't. There's 160, 170 years ago, you know, what, Scope's trial was in the 20s, right? And, you know, a third of politicians still don't believe in evolution. They believe in intelligent design. So, I, <laughs> I mean, people, we're still, all of us, and I'm not insulting anyone. I, I have a lot of limitations, too. But There's a lot of reasons why science has been wrong for so long on this question of the insulin theory of obesity. But right now, I mean, in the last 10, 20 years, people like Jason Fung, people like Rob Wolf, people like Mark Hyman, people like Mark Sisson, other practitioners in the field have really nailed this as an issue. Now they're not paying me to say this. I'm just saying you follow their principles. You are gonna feel incredibly healthy and it will work. Just take it to the bank. It will work. And so that's really all you have to do is just skip breakfast, stop drinking alcohol and get a scale. If you do those three things, I almost guarantee you you're going to lose weight and you are going to feel better than you ever have felt. Now I hope you found this to be as helpful as I intended it to be. Um, So let me know if you have any questions, or feedback. I, 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 uh, um, I was going to try to think, I was going to, to think of someone I was going to quote, there's a this book called, oh, I know Ken, I was going to say, and I'm not going to edit that out, by the way, you're going to, you're going to listen to all this true consciousness. Seth Godin wrote a book called The Practice. And he had a really good thing. It's about people that want to um, do art for a living and people that want to, you know, do creative work. And that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. He basically says one question, who's it for? And is the message resonating in the way that you intend the message to resonate? And that's really what I've been very mindful of is that when I offer you this content that I think that you'll find enjoyable, that I think that you'll learn, and that I think that you'll react to, um, is it resonating in the way that I'm intended it to? And if it's not, you know, let me know, check, uh, email me at rockneycast gmail.com. Um, give me a call, um, reach out to me. But let me know, because I want to know if if we're resonating the way that we want. The other thing I'd really ask you to do, especially if you've made it this far, spread the word. Give me good reviews on um, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. give me good reviews. That's essentially how the word gets out. And the third thing is, is spread the word, share the message. If you know someone who is overweight, who wants to lose weight, now I'm, I'm not body shaming anyone. If anyone, if they love being overweight, great, more power to them. The reality is, is that it's much in the same way that if you make a decision smoking, it's extraordinarily dangerous to be overweight. So if you wanna do that, great. Um, But if you wanna get out of it, there's a path out of it. It's super simple, fast, get a scale, stop drinking. You're gonna be halfway there. You're gonna be three quarters away there. But on top of that, cut out sugar, avoid excess carbs, you're 90% of the world. For that last 10%, uh, go get a dietitian. But frankly, a lot of dietitians suck. So I, I'm not I'm not all about that. So this is a little bit of a change of pace. I'm not talking about U.S. Grant. I'm not talking about my man crush. I'm talking about the body, man. I'm talking about how you can lose weight. And that's one of my goals. As sort of, as we've narrowed in on the topic of this podcast, I sort of try to channel, originally it was going to sort of be Seinfeld. It's basically a podcast about nothing about whatever the hell I want to talk about. But it really is sort of narrowing down a little bit. Um, what I find interesting in mind, body, and spirit, um, sort of sharing my sense of joy and wonder about the world and hopefully help you to discover some of the things that I've learned and that hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I do. That's the purpose of this podcast. That's one of my reasons for living. That's my purpose statement. Um, that's what I want to try to accomplish. So thank you so much for tuning in uh, to this Cast. I hope you don't reach the 300 Club like I do. But if you're there or if you're overweight, check out these very easy solutions and see if they work for you and let me know if they work and reach out and send it to at gmail.com. Infinite gratitude for every single one of you who've tuned in. I have not publicized these latest Rock and Casts a lot, but we are getting about an audience of 10 to 15 people listening that apparently are just tuned in. So I, I don't even think they're my mom and dad because they don't have a computer. So I know it's probably my friends, but each and every one of my friends, including the ones who have just maybe come across this podcast, infinite gratitude to each and every one of you who have tuned in for this episode on the Cast. Stay tuned for future episodes. We're going to be doing Jack Johnson. We're going to continue to do ones on Ulysses Grant, history, ideas, books, all different sorts of things. I think I'm going to be doing a book review of the book um, Sapiens too. So stay tuned for that. Until next time on the Cast.